Travis plays drums is exactly how he fucks. Same way. That seems like it would, that seems like it would hurt. Shit. Insane. Wrong album. Oh. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm really tired today. Me too. I'm really tired today. I got to find... I didn't get a coffee because I wanted to sleep tonight since we're recording at like six. Even yeah. if we're recording at four, I wasn't getting a coffee. I just was like dying. Yeah. Fucking... I, I played hockey for the first time in two and a half months last night. Nice. It was three on three mini rink at the um, Bach rink. You ever play mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Yeah. So that rank, um, just three on three with it was one sub on each bench. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking asking to die because you don't, yeah, five on five, you can stop, you know, kind of hang out for a minute. You can be in the zone for 10 minutes, like two minutes. And then three on three, you're just like cutting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I haven't played. So I was fucking gassed, dude. I'd use my inhaler on the bench. Oh, <laughs> I oh felt shit. Like- yeah, I felt so sluggish. Plus, I'm bulking, so like I haven't done any cardio. But I would be dead then. Yeah, it was it was really fun though. It was a good skate. I'm probably gonna go. It's every Sunday. Um, so if you ever get your shit like uh, cleaned out and whatever, just uh, let um, me know. I'm definitely doing that soon. Yeah, because it was a I, blast. Um, I don't think I'll have time this week to do it unless I do it on Sunday. Um, That's true. Because I have school Saturday. Yeah. As well as Thursday, so. Are we going to be able to record? Yeah, I, I have school till 3.30. Mm. Um, cool but if worse comes to worse, we can do it Saturday. I mean, Friday. Cool beans. Yeah, Um. that sounds good. But yeah, no, besides, dude, so yeah, I played hockey. That was sick. And mm-hmm. then, um, which I got to hang with Cam and Corey for the first time in forever, um, which is cool. And then I had Cam over with Maverick and Julie. And yeah. that was a fucking blast. We played a virtual reality headset Iron Man game. Oh, that's dope. Dude, Maverick. Cam shit himself. Oh, Cam and Maverick were like the same person in Maverick 7. So <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was a blast, dude. And um what else did I do? I'm trying to think. I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Oh yeah. Um we dropped our merch. Oh, we did, didn't we? We dropped our merch. <laughs> that was the we biggest did. thing that happened. They already know that though. I know, I know. That's what that's that's what happened, and it's the biggest thing for us. And it's the feedback has been amazing, and I'm very it excited. Crazy amount of orders already. I know, dude. I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. I can't wild. wait. I haven't put my orders in. I gotta put my orders in. 
Yeah, me either. I haven't ordered anything yet. What are so. you getting? What are you getting? Oh my god, dude! Don't, um, don't say everything. <laughs> I'm uh, like I want to, but he's like on the uh, edge. I am definitely <laughs> on the edge about, dude. I want to get it all so bad, but obviously can't. So probably sad songs make me happy. Hoodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the pop punk's not dead. Crew neck. Yeah, you love that thing. I do. The shorts are hundred mm-hmm. percent. The uh, space t-shirt uh, and the snapback probably. Fire. Yeah, I'm and think- the stickers. Yeah, the stickers and got the flag. And the- <laughs> you're just missing two things. I mean, fuck it. Let's get all of it then. Yeah. If I had to choose like three things, it would be the hoodie for sure, the shorts for sure, and yep. then I'd get the Dino Tank just because I'd like to wear that at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I could only pick three, I really want yeah. the beanie though. Like if I could only pick three, it would be the hoodie, shorts, and the space t shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's fun. I forgot about the space t shirt. Anyways, yeah, I hope you guys like it. Go, go, keep putting your pre orders in. Keep doing that. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we have a lot coming in. So just keep doing it. Go through the website. Um, If you have any problems, again, just hit us up. But uh, how, how have you been, man, before we get into this uh, episode here? I have been good, good. Yeah. Just uh, tired. Um, yeah, the holidays kind of kicked the shit out of me. For didn't really like relax, except for like my birthday. That was the only day I like actually relaxed. And then yeah. everything else just kind of go, 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 go. So, yeah, man, just a little burnt out. How about you? Um, I'm pretty tired, dude. I. I got a lot going on. I have school term is back. I'm still yeah. on for the NASM school. So two different schools now. Then I have the two jobs I'm working and just juggling that, man. Yeah, it's the same shit. I mean, same shit I've been doing, but now it's like school's back. So it's kind of like, fuck, now I have like more work. And so just just really tired. The normal shit that we usually say, but a little bit less um, excitement on this end. Cause I didn't do shit for New Year's Eve at all. Yeah, me either. I went to bed I, at like nine. Yeah, I think I was like I said, like in bed by like ten, ten thirty. Yeah, I was like so. talking to McCoy, and then I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm going to bed. I got nothing left in me." Uh, I have been watching this fun series on YouTube. Um, yeah, because they suggest random things, and it always gives me the craziest shit. So like, I've been on a kick lately of like craziest road rage. <laughs> Oh shit! Which is super fun, but then it suggested this this YouTube series called Bondi Lifeguards. It's like a show, I guess, that used to be. I think it was like Australia or like the UK somewhere, UK or something. But like, yo, it's fucking sick. If you're looking for a series to watch on YouTube, go look up Bondi's Lifeguard. That's fucking awesome series. It's like super stupid, but also really good (laughs) at the same time. Like, yeah, the first episode that got me, they were like, um lifeguards try to fight off pervert and i was like what the fuck and i was like i gotta see them beat the shit out of this perv and like there's just this guy running around the beach just like sexually harassing people guys and girls and then they ended up getting him arrested but like the anticipation was crazy and then there was like a brawl like bondy beach fights and i was like yeah (laughs) so i've been hooked (laughs) on this youtube shit bro because the algorithm is fucking stupid oh and then all this jake paul shit pops up and i gotta watch that Bro, oh. did you see the new shit? 
what shit is it? Um, with him and Dana. Oh yeah, they're going back and forth with like the steroid testing and the cocaine well, that, and. But did you see what he said about Masvidal? Oh yeah, I saw it. I heard it. That he would fight Masvidal and retire from boxing if Dana gave him gave the fighters more shit. Yeah. More pay and stuff. Yeah. Like I really hope that that would be so incredible to see Jorge Masvidal just absolutely destroy demolish him. him. Destroy him. Yeah. No, I, I did see that. But see, see other... no dummy. No, he's not. He's, he's not, not going to get in there and box you. No, fuck that. I don't box. Kick people's asses fully. Yeah. Um, but dude, do you do you guys? Does everybody listening remember Aaron Carter? Yeah. Do you do you have you seen him? Yeah. He's a fucking wreck. I know. He's a fucking mask. wreck. The YouTube also suggested me watching all these interviews with Aaron Carter, like Aaron Carter on Adam Twenty Two and. All this, this dude's a pathological bipolar liar, dude. Like, it is he needs so much mental health help, dude. It's crazy. I feel so bad for him. Like, I could only imagine getting famous at such a young age. Like, it's really hard to watch these cringe videos, dude, of him just like saying he has like 27 houses, 80 Lamborghini. Like, no exaggeration. Like, that's like what he'll say. He's got all these face tattoos. He's a fucking rapper. And he's like, yeah, it's just some crazy shit, dude. Like, if you want entertainment, but also like, it's really sad too at the same time. But Aaron like Carter's on some shit. Kind of like what happened to Bam. <clears throat> yeah, same shit, but like um not as um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Incoherent. Like no, like Bam shows Bam just gets fucked up and like Those rambles crazy shit. shit. Aaron Carter is just like a pathological liar and like mentally unstable. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Wow. I'm looking at pictures of him like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, he lost it, dude. He lost it. He's he's oh off his God. he's off his rocker, dude. I've never seen him. Didn't he do that song I Want Candy or something? Yeah. I want candy. I used to look up to that dude when I was like three or four or whatever. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's so sick. <laughs> it's like a, the single 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 like person doing what Backstreet Boys had to do as a whole. I was like, he's so talented. <laughs> oh, dude, he was on Steve-O's podcast. That's the one you got to listen. It's crazy. It's like 10 minutes. It's usually an hour, but they broke it down. And he's like, yeah, dude, I hung out with Michael Jackson. I used to sleep at his house all the time. He didn't touch any kids, and he's fucking the man. And, like, yeah, he took me on trips places, just me and him alone. Like, And then he gave me his $70 million red jacket. Like, I have it. And they were like, what? oh. And Steve-O's, you know, he's a recovered drug addict, and he's sitting there like – um okay dude but he doesn't call anyone out which i really respect but yeah, yeah. he just you can see him looking at the other guy and he's just like oh boy yeah yeah i need some help my friend i feel i feel for you been there but it's uh it, so it's kind of like when uh when brandon Schaub was trying to tell joe rogan that he could beat francis and ganu yeah yeah he's like dude and, what and joe rogan was like are you all right? He was yeah. like, I'm saying this as your friend. Like, are you yeah. good? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, okay, because like that man would kill you just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was, was like, it, it's exactly that. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm like way more athletic. And he's like, looks over at young Jamie. And he's like, is he, is he fucking? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. No, same thing without Steve-O calling him out. Just like with the look. Just like, yeah. okay. Okay. But yeah, that was, that was my fun little news that I was been addicted to. So YouTube really fucks me up when I watch these stupid ass videos. And I only watch them when I go to the bathroom. I have like, yeah, just like, well, you, well, you have to spend at least 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to my poops, dude. I like rush yeah, home. Man. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get my iPad and just watch stupid ass videos. And then it's so funny. Cause I'll be like running upstairs to go grab my iPad to go to the bathroom. And I'll be like, I'm going to do some productive research for school or the podcast. And I sit down and I'm like, Oh, YouTube, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we're not, gonna, <laughs> we're not going to get into the rabbit hole that I've dug that I've, uh, found myself in. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen it. If you follow me on, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen like little bits and pieces of, yeah, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole big time of what we cannot discuss it on this podcast. So confused. It's uh, it's too controversial. Okay. It's too hot. The tea right. is too hot right, right now. Ooh, 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 ee, the yeah. tea is hot. Ooh, ooh, the kettle is burning. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm hot. I'm hot. Speaking yeah. of hot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I do. Yeah. Speaking of hot, today's episode is a fire ass one. Yeah, it is. It's fire ass. You, you, you want to we wanna get into what we're telling the people here because I, I, I want to get this ball rolling with this episode here. Yeah, um, there goes the neighborhood. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um today we're See doing yeah i saw what you did there i saw you did there oh, i'm gonna yeah. call you mr rogers oh shit okay oh eddie murphy's mr rogers episode on snl was hilarious by the way oh yeah really, really old school anyway sorry <laughs> uh today we're doing to me this is this to me is like blink 182's final album ever created um as a band in my opinion well kind of um, yeah in my opinion, you're not wrong. Um, so we are getting into Blink 182's Neighborhoods album, and mm. this album has a lot of different feelings. I'd say before I get into it, just a little background it's got a little controversy, um, a little more Angels and Airways vibe, a lot more, a little, um, a lot of disagreement. The way they recorded it, I'll talk about, um, the artwork, the mm. art cover of the album, and there's a little bit of cool things in there. Um, after Travis Barker's plane crash, they broke up, they got back together. So all these things we're going to cover in this um, album breakdown and then go through, you know, each song as always. And then just talk about our different takes on it and stuff, because I know Batch has a different opinion on this album than I yeah. do, um, which is cool. That's why we do these things. It's not because we don't both mm -hmm. have to absolutely love albums, um, but it's going to be good. And um, that's a little background before we get into the actual Blink one eighty two neighborhoods break down. Break this down. Pew pew pew. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we start? No, just uh this is gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a good one. Heck yes, sir. All right, then let's uh without further ado, let's get into uh our good album here, neighborhoods. Hell yeah. All right, um, so Neighborhoods is the sixth studio album by Blank-182, released September 27, 2011, through DGC Records and Interscope Records. This was their first album in eight years. Eight years since the release of Scythe Titled, uh, which was on November 18, 2003. 
Um, this album's recording followed the band's breakup and later reconciliation. Uh, the recording release of Neighborhoods was delayed multiple times. And I mean, multiple times. Like, I remember waiting. They said yeah. this was the date. Didn't come out. They literally had to be, like, slapped in the face. Like, if this does not get released, you're fucked. Um, uh-huh. uh, the recording's delay was due to the way the band chose to work, which, if anyone doesn't know this by now, we've talked about it a few times. Um, they worked um, all at their house. Um, the recording... They recorded at both the Long Studio in San Diego and in Los Angeles by Hoppus and Barker. So they would send their clips back and forth um, because of their separation and how they wanted to work and the animosity. Um, the recording in separate studios was DeLong's idea. Uh, ideas were exchanged via email. Various engineers met up in person to trade filed files on hard drives. The three musicians were rarely in the same room while recording. Each member worked on their parts individually. DeLong said that the method of recording was a more efficient way of working considering the schedules not due to a lack of unity within the band, which I call bullshit on. Yep. Um, I think that's bullshit. Because I, yeah, I think that's bullshit. But that's a little background on the album. I want to just talk about the album cover real quick because it's really, really cool. At first I saw it and I thought it was really fucking lame. Um, yeah. But the more you look in, there's a lot, a lot of hidden things in there. Um, so it's like the... Like a city, like probably LA, I'm guessing, um, landscape. You can see the top buildings and the buildings represent Blink 182. Um, spell it out. But um, Travis Barker lost uh, DJM, and you can see his name in there. I'm pretty sure Travis Barker's kids' names are in there. Uh, a really? lot of, yeah, a lot of people's uh, names are in there, like graffitied on. Um, I don't know the exact, I used to know the exact, like what was in the album itself, but. The cover but those are little sneak peeks of what to look for if you're checking the album cover out um what else about this album let's oh, see yeah, there it is there are his kids names yeah oh. yeah yep yeah alabama jack yep djm so it's pretty cool and it's pretty cool um a thing i'm gonna do during this episode because episode is uh, i'm gonna talk about an interview that mark hoppus had with billboard records uh with billboard excuse me and um i'm just gonna throw that in every now and then to break it up because a lot of these questions are some of the things that i feel like we ask ourselves or friends uh when this breakup happened and this album came out mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna read one answer in question right now before we start getting into it if that's cool with you my man hell yeah dude cool um so a lot of these things i don't even know i'm just reading them for the first time so billboard asked uh mark hoppus he said after so much time away from the studio, why do you think Blink-182 needed to make a new album? And why not just keep touring? And uh, Hoppus responded with saying, we didn't want to be one of those bands that kept touring on music that was 15 or 20 years old. We want to remain current and vital and relevant and keep creating. We didn't want to just keep touring the same songs forever. That's boring. Uh, this is a pretty decent answer. It's a pretty similar answer to what I feel like most bands would say. What do you think, Batch? Yeah, I mean, to me, that seems like pretty cookie-cutter answer. Like, why would you not? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess if you're, like, I suppose if you're, like, the Rolling Stones, then I guess that would, like, make sense. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's, like, it's, like, the same thing. Like, I guarantee if you ask Green Day that, Billy Joe would say the same thing. Yeah. Well, like any band, like if you ask, even if, like if you ask Parker Cannon that, or like yeah. anyone, they'd yeah. be like, 
because we like making new music. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Like, no, we want one album for seven years. Yeah, just just tour anywhere the state forever. Don't ever do anything else. God, that'd be that's boring. cool, right? Let's yeah. see. Like that would be like what would be the point in going to a show because you just know <laughs> everything. Yeah, you'd be like, all right, well, this is just a great like, you know, like I said, it's not like they're like the Rolling Stones or like Guns N' Roses. Yeah, where it's like that's the reason you're going is to hear them play the hits, but like, I mean you're going to see blink and green day and the story so far and like the wonder years and like all these other bands to like oh my god i wonder if they're gonna play a deep cut like <laughs> right like, oh what what deep cut are they gonna play like well like i wonder if they're gonna play stuff off the new record or if they're gonna play like their old shit or like maybe they're gonna play something from like uranus or something like yeah you know what i mean no i get that man that makes sense um couple more questions I'm going to do before we get into it, because I feel like these questions really um, make you understand why the album is the way it is. Um, yeah, so, and this isn't like an overly long album either. No, no, it's not bad. Like, no. So, um, all right. So the next question was something that we all asked ourselves um, and probably still do and maybe don't have the complete answer yet. But I thought I like this answer as I'm reading it. He said they were he was asked uh, what specifically was the problem that caused the hiatus in 2004. So. Basically, why did you break up? What happened? And uh, he said, this is Mark again. He said, we stopped having fun. I think it started to feel more like a job and a commitment than a joy, which it should always be. Tom was the first one who really wanted to take a bunch of time off. And Travis and I didn't. We wanted to keep touring. We like to tour. We like to have fun. But Tom was the first one to say, I need a minute here. And it caused a lot of turmoil in our band. It kind of melted down from there. Um, and then I'll follow up with the next question before we meet and Batch even talk about that uh they were asked him they asked mark if um travis and him were angry with tom mark replied was i was angry at tom because i wanted to keep touring and tom was angry at us because he needed to take a break for a second and we weren't hearing it just bad communication and too much time in the crucible i guess um what are your thoughts on that man i hate that (laughs) like this like bro if you came to me and you were like hey man I got to take a break for like a, a month. Okay, no problem. You mm-hmm. do what you're going to do. Like, not throw a fucking bitch fit because he says he needs a minute. Mm-hmm. And you like, so go fucking, I don't know, go, go Taurus plus 44. Like, there you go. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounded bitchy to me. To me too. Um, I don't. To be fair, I don't. All right. This this article did come out in 2011, so there was probably a uh, lot of um, animosity in the air and stuff, and like you know. But yeah, but if, still, it was always not to cut you off. It no, always seems like when when you ask Tom that question, he doesn't run anyone under the bus. At least from what I've seen. Yeah. I could just not be looking in the right place. I could, like. You're you're more the blink guy here, so I'm yeah. just you know I've never like shouldn't say never, but I haven't seen very much besides when they broke up after this was like really the only time I saw Tom be like, Yeah, Mark did this, Mark did that, this is mm-hmm. what happened. And like every other time it always seems like it's like Mark and Travis being like, Man, it's all Tom's fault. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like you fucking too. Like Jesus you fucking Christ. too. Yeah, I mean for me, I think 
I mean, we don't really know. Like, even if no, even no, in the no, interviews no. and all, we don't know what could have happened, dude. Some real big beef right. could have happened, and all they're gonna do is tell us the pish posh version. But I mean, yeah, I'm with you with this with this specific interview. It does come across as super bitchy, Mark. Just like, yeah, he wanted to take care of himself and take some time off, but we weren't about he? that. Like, he even says, yeah. like, you know, and we just weren't hearing it, man. And it's like we didn't want to take a break. And it's like, damn, bro, you're on See, like your sixth like album, I, <laughs> like. I took that like we weren't hearing it as almost like him like um almost like apologizing in a way like he was yeah. like apologetic and like the we just weren't hearing it like we weren't hearing him out and like we were kind of being douchebags that's kind of true yeah you know that's just the way I took when I heard that but then yeah. still at the same time I'm like yeah you kind of yeah because that. he follows it up with just just a back just bad communication and too much time yeah. in the crucible which yeah I, I guess yeah, as you dissected a little bit more, that's pretty interesting. Um, but still, if the guy needs a break, like... Give him a break. He needs a break. Like, at least he didn't do what, like, Billy Joe did. Yeah, true. And, like, go on a fucking rant, which we'll yeah. get into. But, like, at least he didn't do something like that. Like, he realized he needed a break and spoke up about it. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what this podcast is all about. Like, if you need... That's what I was trying to work too. on yourself, you know, then that's the best, that's the best thing to do is to speak up and be like, Hey man, like I need, you've done it before at the very beginning of the podcast. You've done that. Oh yeah, definitely. Where you were like, Hey man, like we need a, I need a couple of weeks here. <laughs> yeah. No bueno. <laughs> no. So yeah, it happens, man. It does, man. Um, very interesting stuff. Uh, last thing I'm going to, uh last one here before we get into it i know i know i know <laughs> um is this is the first uh album blink uh didn't work with jerry finn anymore um a little fun fact there um huh. so they were asked they asked mark hoppus was it hard working without jerry finn on the new album and mark replied saying it sucked he was the invisible fourth member of blink 182 he helped form our sound he helped us discover what our sound was he helped us in creations of every single record he taught us. He was very generous with his knowledge. I felt like he taught us what we needed to know. And I wish he could have been there for sure. But I felt like he was there in spirit. And that was the end of that, which I wanted to mention that before we got into it, because all of these things were just talked about in the interview and that I'm mentioning here um, play a big role in how this album came out, in my opinion, and how it sounds. Um, and I'm not saying like that's it sounds amazing or it sounds terrible. I'm just giving you a little background on what to expect going in there. And if you already listened to it, you know why I'm saying this. So, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So, ready to get into it? Was I supposed to add something to that? No, I just didn't know what you had oh, to okay. say to it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't have anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you can kind of tell that they were with someone else that they weren't, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can dig it. And it's all like, it's basically we won't get into this now yeah let's just uh let's just jump into it then yeah hell yeah dude let's all go. right so i'll start it off yeah so the first album well, first album oh my god <laughs> is treasure cat yes yeah, <laughs> we're going back to uh i don't know why we're restarting um all right so the first song <laughs> the first song on blink 182's neighborhood record is ghost on the dance floor. 
such a great opening song. Very, yeah, very awesome. Um, the lyrics in Ghost on the Dance Floor carry straight on from I'm Lost Without You, the final track on Blink-182's previous studio album. The protagonist continues dealing with the loss of their subject. This song could be a metaphor for the unpleasant hiatus and subsequent reunion of Blink-182. It is said that the song about drum, the song about drummer Travis Barker's friend Adam Goldstein, also known as DJ AM, who died of a drug overdose, he was also on the plane that Barker was when it crashed in 2008. Um, this song comes out with just an absolute feeling of energy and joy to me. It just gives me that I'm ready to rock and roll. Not to mention Travis Barker's drums are absolutely insane on this album. The whole entire oh fucking God, yeah. thing. The best album I've ever heard Travis Barker's drums. Yep. Point yep. blank. You can argue yep. me that all day and I'll win. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> is... No, no, I won't. No, this is like... Travis was like, step aside, fellas. I got this. Like, yeah, dude. Dude, this he crushed it on this yeah. record. I was re-listening. So I, while getting ready for this podcast, I was listening to obviously this album. And mm. I could. I'm not a drummer, so I don't know like the correct term. So I'd love to have a drummer on just to like, not even for the podcast, just to talk to about this album. Because the, I can hear the little things he's doing as like a musician myself, but I don't know the proper terms of it. So if you know what I'm talking about, he just goes absolutely ape shit. It's kind of like it's the craziest like hardcore drumming for such a pop punk Angels and Airwaves album. And to me, it just has this beautiful sound. And um, yeah. but yeah, so Ghost on the Dance Floor just coming out straight with the Angels and Airwaves vibes right off rip mm. with the synth mm. and all that crazy shit they do. But the long intro, the long fucking... intro. <laughs> yeah. Um. Some of the lyrics I'll talk about is just the intro is just uh, I'll never let you down, boy. I'll never let you go. A subtle hint of life is so innocent and scary. So tell me that you're here, boy. She says it as if she knows. But the way Tom sings it is arguably super angels and airwaves, super angels and airwaves and super eccentric. And I yeah. feel like a lot of people found his voice annoying on this. I personally mm -hmm. didn't. I'm I, uh, I'm a. Um, What's it called? I'm a sucker for this type of Tom DeLonge except Yeah. Like very not now. Yeah, I love it so much. Angels um, and Airwaves. Like he's got a certain thing he does with Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. And that was all over this album. Yeah. And um going going into something Tom said about writing this song. He said, Ghost on the dance floor is specifically about hearing a song you shared with someone that passed. It's about being somewhere and hearing a song which you shared with someone who has passed away, but you can feel them that night so uh super relatable right now for me this year i've lost a lot of family members um and yeah. um not this song particularly but just that resemblance of uh this song being about you hearing it and it reminds you of somebody in the past mm -hmm. i love that he did that for the song i think that takes a whole new perspective on such a serious album that this is very dark twisted and serious album this is um but he really I, I just really like that he said that. It makes me like resonate a lot. Um, and also, side note, um, uh, the track resonated with Travis, who called Tom one night because the song affected him while listening to it because of the death of his close friend DJ Am. Um, it's just uh, it's just a really good song. Um, what do you think of it, man? I liked it. Okay, this is uh, probably one of my favorites off this record. Mm-hmm. Sure. Great way to open it. Yeah. 
Uh, and the drums are absolutely fucking killer. Yeah. I also like that um, there's a quote here from Tom DeLonge. He said, uh, well, f- before I say that, uh, just to give you a understanding of what I'm about to say is, is t- Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus took different approaches lyrically while writing on this record, which in the past records, they are very on page. I mean, like we just talked yeah. about in the previous record, how they or a few records ago, they went into separate rooms, came back and wrote the same exact lyrics, basically, for the song. This album, they you can just tell they were fighting from the way they were writing and the way that this album was created. But DeLong said, uh, Mark tends to write very matter of factly. So matter of fact, he's really good about singing real things going on in the room around you. Whereas I approach it differently. We have a song called Ghost on the Dance Floor, which is what we're talking about. Uh, he said that to me was a throwback to when I was a kid. I listened to those really cool ooing boing and depeche mode songs from the 80s where the, they are dark and poetic approaches to love on that song for example it's about being somewhere and hearing a song that reminds you of somebody that passes we already talked about to Matt. um so i thought that was really interesting uh he gives him credit for the way he writes he does admit that it's completely different whereas if you know mark and tom you know tom talks about some shit that's out of there and can mm. be like really personable but also really out there whereas Mark will be like, I'm in a room. I'm really sad. It's really bad. And it's crazy outside, which when we get yeah. into their next albums, we will be ripping them apart. Um, for yes. sure. I know we're on the same page as that. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Um, well, that's all I got for ghost on the dance floor. I know that was kind of long, but. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's dope. Yes, sir. Yes, one. sir. Take it away, my friend. All right. Uh, scooting right along. Um, we we're going to get into. Natives. I'm like a cat in a cage, locked up and battered and bruised. I am the fraud of the sun, a shameful prodigy too. Oh my god. Uh, this song is about the ever-discussed pop... I mean, ever-discussed... Bleh. This song <laughs> is about the ever-discussed punk rock credentials, quote-unquote, that bands like Blink-182 have to keep proving. But they're beyond that now. Uh, that was pretty cool to me. That this was like very, very Green Day to me. Yeah, I can see that. Not like, not like musically, but the like reasoning, lyrically. Yeah. yeah, and like where it came from. Um, mm-hmm. Like especially like the first verse. I'm like a cat in a cage, locked up, and battered and bruised. I am the prodigal son, a shameful prodigy too. I am the love of your life battering ram and conf- like that's just very billy joe <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i was like oh shit like you can oh i was like this is fucking this is why this is my favorite song on this record oh this is your favorite yeah just oh, it, song. It, it was so green day to me mm-hmm. um that like the second verse don't start to panic for me because I, I have nothing to lose i'm as bright as the sun i burn up all that i choose up on the side of the field, I see a city with lights. I touch her face and I kneel. She tells me she's not alive. I'm too nervous to run the kids who scatter and hide to reach and grab for someone, but end up buried alive. Like, bro, tell me that you couldn't see Billy Joe. Yeah, right. Saying something <laughs> like that. Like, just, for sure. And then the chorus I'm just a bastard child. Don't let it get, don't let it go to your head. I'm just a waste of your time. Maybe I'm better off dead. You turned us loose in the night. I'm fucking Jekyll and Hyde. 
we'll have the time of our lives, although we're dying inside. Dude, this is like, it's almost like if I didn't know any better, I would say that they called Billy and they were like, write us a song. <laughs> like, I know that obviously didn't happen. Please don't crucify <laughs> me, people. But <laughs> it just, it's such a, like, it's such a Green Day song. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And then the meaning behind it just is even more Green Day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I fucking love this one. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, man. I, it's definitely in my tops for sure. Not my favorite, but it's definitely my top with Travis Barker's drumming is just so intense. Oh, yeah. um, I know that he actually didn't even record for this song. He actually just did this one day in the studio. Um, yeah. He was doing it for 30 seconds and then I put it on loop for the song. And you can tell. And it's fucking, it's amazing. And Tom's voice and Mark's voice work really well in this. Um, Tom comes in with that, just like, I'm like a cat in a cage, locked up and battered and bruised. I mean, the prodigy shot, a shameful prodigy too. And it's it's just so sick. And then you got Mark's so voice, good. which is just so low and so like monotone. Just, I'm just a bastard child. Don't let it go to your head. I'm just a waste of your time. Maybe I'm better off dead. You turn loose in the night. I'm fucking Jekyll and I. I'll have the time of our lives, although we're dying inside. So let me go. It's so Mark. And then it's just right back into Tom. So it's, again, with the whole, like, you can tell they really weren't together right in this song. But this one really, really kicked for me. I, it, it's a really good song. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Fucking rights, dude. You ready for the next one? Uh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the next song is arguably one of the best songs on the album for most people, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, this is probably the biggest song on mm-hmm. the album. Um, and the next song we are getting into is what I usually do all the time is up all night. Each and every- This is another one of my favorites. Mm, I can see why. Um, Yeah. So this is the first single from the uh, Neighborhoods album. Uh, Mm -hmm. Marks a different direction from the once immature rockers, conjuring an image of desperation when faced with the horrors of life in the middle of the night. The night. Uh, (laughs) um, So in the track by track uh, for Neighborhoods, the band talked about how up all night is probably the best indication of what Blink is becoming on the new album. I think that it sounds like Blink. It sounds everything we've done since the band broke up. It sounds like the things we did before the band broke up. And it also sounds like a step forward. I think it's a great introduction to the record. Um, That quote is from the band. I don't know who said it, but I also think that is a funny quote because that's not what actually happened. They didn't stick with this formula. They broke up officially. They... (laughs) Did not, to me, sound like this was Tom. this was not going in the direction that I felt that they were going. Um, anyways, just funny to me. Um, it had to come from Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you, dude. <laughs> so again, coming out with that spacey like vibe in the beginning, just <laughs> yeah. I know you like that in your ear holes. Uh, <laughs> But this is one of my favorite songs, too. Um, probably in my top four, probably. Um, I really like how Mark and Tom work on the song. I think it's very well orchestrated. 
comes in with Tom right away hot and Mark kind of going back and forth. Uh, everyone wants to call it all around our life with a better name. Everyone falls and spins and gets up again with a friend who does the same. Everyone lies and cheats their wants and needs and still believes their heart. And everyone gets the chills, the kind that kills when the pain begins to start. And that line is fire. And it brings mm-hmm. you right into the fucking chorus, which is so catchy. And yep. it makes me so happy. Then it comes in with the chorus, which is my favorite part. Um, oh, yes. Tom just sings so great. He's like, let me get this straight. Do you want me here as I struggle through each and every year? And all these demons, they keep me up all night. And then it just goes. It's fucking sick. But yeah, speak of mental yeah. health, man. This song's super yep. big on that shit. Talking about demons and staying up at night, dude. I just lost five people in my family and I can't sleep anymore. And I have very, very bad, like very, very bad anxiety now. My sleep is shit. I have no hope for fucking help right now myself. I'm sad. I'm depressed and I'm trying to get through it. I know I will, but it's fucked up. I see things. I hear things. I have like, I'm not going to say a PTSD, but I definitely have those moments where things went down and I'll never forget them. The things I've seen watching people die in front of me and seeing and hearing people dying and getting to see the crash sites and just Dude. holding someone's heart as they pass. It's it fucks you up and I'm fucked right now and I'll get through it. But this is this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, man. Music. Music. Yeah. It's not not to mention like on that same subject, like there's still things that I heard when my uncle committed suicide that like have not left my brain. Yeah. I won't get into them, but there's things that I heard people say and like saw people do that I was like, holy shit. Like, and I was 19 when I saw that. And like, I don't think it ever, I don't think it ever leaves. You know what I mean? When you see something traumatic like that or experience something like that, I think it's, that's with you, man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I know what you're going through there. Like, yeah, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, man, it's tough, but you get through it and you have to. You don't have a yeah. choice. You, you got to. But um, this song mm-hmm. just just gives you another thing. Like I said, this this album really is a grown up album for Blink. And uh, I like yeah. the direction. I really appreciate the lyricism and uh, the creativity from this album is to me very top notch uh i'm a huge ava fan i like the direction they went rather than the plus 44 and new blink style so um tom this is a tom album and it speaks to me a lot and uh i really just love the way that this song brings you know attention to you know a mental health subject or just uh just letting you know like you're not alone and that you know you will die someday um, and that you do have some issues and, you know, you need to figure that shit out, but everyone has their own issues. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just a great song, man. I fucking love this song. Hell yeah, dude. It's a fucking great one. For sure. For sure, bud. Send it to the next one. eh? Yeah. Eh? For sure. All right. 
<clears throat> the next one here, as we scoot along, is after midnight. Oh, oh my god! What do you do after midnight? Normally, I'm sleeping. Sometimes yeah. I get up to go pee. Ugh, that's the dude. The worst is when you pee ten minutes before you have to wake up. Yeah, that's that's the worst. Or even like an hour. I'm waking up. It's like four. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, man. Have you ever had a dream that you were peeing? Yeah. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I run to the bathroom and pee. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. Because if you go back to sleep, your your brain's telling you to go to the toilet. Yep. If you ignore it, you're gonna pee the bed. I can only hope. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be. Yeah. So what do you got on this uh this song you? Second single from Neighborhood um, narrates the story of a troubled couple looking for an escape. The song is about complex and damaged people falling in love. Uh, After Midnight is the final Blink-182 single to feature band co-founder and vocalist Tom DeLonge after his role would be refilled by Matt Skiba of the Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm. So this was the last Tom single. And in my opinion, the last Blink-182 single. But we'll get into that on a different day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a good one, obviously. Um, love Tom's voice in this one. I think we're going to say that a lot in this re- on this record. Oh yeah, for sure. Um yeah, man, it's um, it's fucking good. It's it's got that angels and airways vibe again, um, with the long intro, and um, the first verse. I can't get my feet up off the edge. I kind of I kind of like the little rush you get when you're standing close to death, like when you're driving me crazy. Hold on as we crash into earth. A bit of pain will help you suffer when you're hurt for real because you're driving me crazy. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, this is a doozy. What do you got on this one? Uh, I got a lot on this one. This is one of oh. my top, probably my top five of this album. It's one of those songs mm. I know every lyric to, no matter what or how long I haven't heard it. Uh, Caught my attention right away. I think this is one of Mark's best lyrical songs on on this album. I think he sings incredibly well. It matches his voice very, very good. Um, it's got the, it's got this really weird split lyrical duet that like just fits very well to Blink uh, with yeah. their new style, which a lot of times I probably said don't like it, but with this I do. Um, and then. I want to read something about what the artist actually said about the song, which I found really interested. Interesting. Uh, the song originated from an idea by the drummer Travis Baca, and the song was initially titled Travis Beat, which is cool because if you listen to like the beginning of this, he like 
again, drummers who are listening probably fucking hate me because I wish I knew the fucking terms to this. Um, I know. But it was supposed to be called Travis Beat. And when the trio first listened to the beat, DeLong and Hoppus both had ideas immediately. They stated it in the Alternative Press issue. They said it was one of those moments on the album where everybody just had a bunch of ideas all at once. And it came together pretty quickly. Two or three hours and the song structure was near completion. Uh, Mark and Tom obviously split uh, the lyrics and they worked separately and both wrote about romance. DeLong recalled um, mentioning that neighborhoods should contain a song in a similar vein to I Miss You, the band's 2004 single. With this in mind, DeLong included references to I Miss You, Always, and all of this, all tracks from the band's previous efforts, obviously. It says, I yeah. can't find the best in all of this, but I'm always looking out for you because you're the one I miss. That's lyrics in this song. That's so I, dope. That's fucking fire. He's, again, I can't find the best in all of this, but I'm always looking out for you Cause you're the one I miss. That's fucking cool, man. I'd never knew that. That's so sick. That's so dope. Um, but yeah, anyways, I thought that was really cool thing about this song. And, uh, as always, uh, just a great song. Yeah. I think it's super catchy. Um, like Mark on the chorus is like so good. Just so fucking good, dude. Mm -hmm. This like his vocals are so incredible. Mm hmm. But I absolutely agree with that. Hell yeah, dude. This is a good one. All right. Anything Shall else? We? No. That's it for me. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to our next song, which is going to be one of my least favorite songs, Snake mm. Charmer. Straight down to the bone. She creeps up like a spider and wants you deep inside her. She turns you in the stone, a twisted little show. All right. Well, we got Snake Charmer here. Um, Snake Charmer was actually based around a riff that Tom had for a while. I think even this is sorry. Let me disclaimer. This is Mark saying this, not me. Uh, Snake Charmer was actually based around a riff that Tom had had for a while uh, i think even before the hiatus of blink uh he had kept uh, this around and brought it back in we built a song around the heavy guitar progressions in the beginning of the song and i remember walking into the studio one day and travis and our engineer chris had constructed the outro the rhythmic out rhythmic rhythmic outro of the song and i think it's one of my favorite parts of the whole album now with that being said that is probably one of my favorite parts of this whole song besides um the like kind of mysterious calming Tom DeLong voice in the minute and a half mark uh, or so. Yeah. Um, but the ending is absolutely fire. It's kind of Lincoln Parky. It's kind of just drums. It's kind of um, the interlude from self-title. It's got a little bit of everything. It's uh, it makes yeah, this that's how I felt really about cool. the intro too. the intro to this. Yeah. Like the instrumental yeah. intro. Yeah, absolutely. It was like kind of that same way. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> When Tom starts singing, it's just kind of like, I'm like, what do we, I'm like, all right, don't like this. <laughs> I really did not, I don't like this song at all. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was great. <laughs> I just like the, I like the parts where they don't sing. Yeah, I can dig that. Like the ending sounds like some, like some like video game soundtrack. It's pretty cool. Mm. Like the pause menu for like, call of duty or something 
<laughs> that'd be pretty sick. Or Halo, you know I mean? throw it all back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's uh, it sounds cool like that. I like that, but other than that, I was not a big one, a big fan of this one. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, I'm excited for the next one. So um, yeah, let's fucking go, bud. Yeah, this did Steve's favorite thing, and um, uh, Snake Charmer went into Hearts All Gone interlude, and then the interlude went into Hearts All Gone. Hmm. And it was like, oh, this is so cool. Steve's favorite thing. Um, what's my favorite thing? Oh, the uh, interlude. When, when no, when songs segways? go to each other. Yeah, oh, segways. segways. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the interlude real quick? Um, sure. I mean, I can talk about it if you want. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, I'll just take that. I usually um, skip interludes. So I don't. Yeah. Well, I like this one because there's some cool things about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So before Bash gets into Hearts All Gone, the song, the interlude, I just wanted to make a few comments on. Uh, it was actually uh, composed by Mark Hoppus and was simultaneously created with the punk anthem of Hearts All Gone. While writing the song, he couldn't decide whether or not the track should be slow or fast. So uh, he said in this album's track by track that he continued working in both songs and eventually left the softer version to be the interlude. So we could have seen a different interlude, a little harder, a little faster, Mm. but he went with the slow one, which I really like. Um, I like interludes. I think Blink does an amazing job with them. Um, For me, it's very peaceful. It's very subtle. Nothing crazy. They never really go too hard with the interludes. Um, But I thought it was really cool that um, when he was writing Hearts All Gone, um, he couldn't decide what way he wanted to go with it before he got into the actual song. So just throw that in before batch hits us with the actual song here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I didn't know that. That's pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Uh, Hearts All Gone is one of my favorites on this record. hundred percent. Uh, it's a fast paced song that harks back to the earlier music of Blink-182. This is the last time It's an unofficial single from Neighborhoods. The song is about someone who doesn't care for a relationship, who one believes is the perfect person, but turns out a dis- turns out disappointing you and breaking your heart. It uses the phrase, your heart's all gone, to show how the love, passion, and charisma has faded from that person. This is like an old school Blink song with like new school blank lyrics yeah basically um super cool um the chorus you seem so sweet at the start but the start's all wrong you say you speak from the heart but your heart's all gone um yeah i think it's just so cool uh how like fast it is Mm -hmm. and like the drums again just like absolutely fucking killer um and then it's like i think this is like probably the only song on the record that figures that is just mark singing that is a good point that i'm not sure about yeah i think i think um yeah it's just a good it's it's a great tune 
mm-hmm. it's like an old school like punk song it's so cool mm. so yeah that's all i got on this one okay dude uh a few notes for me here um <clears throat> first and foremost i know batch mentioned it i'm gonna reiterate because uh it's absolutely, absolutely breathtaking and crazy. Uh, Travis Barker's drums on this is by far the craziest in any song he's ever done, in my opinion, on Blink-182 Records. And if there's another one, please correct me and just send it to me and let me know. But this drumming on this track is fucking crazy. It fucking is. Travis Barker, the fucking machine, goes nuts on this. It's the fucking craziest hardcore pop punk shit i've ever heard i don't know how it fits so perfectly with pop punk it just really does it's like he's like so gently fast it's just so good his transitions they're smooth his rollover everything's just so fire um i love this song i think mark does a great job on it at first i would say i hated mark's voice on this i thought it was too too low it didn't match uh i wanted more of like uh it was just so fast paced. I really wanted that hardcore singing, that fast singing, kind of like boxcar racer fast singing. But as I listened to it more, I kind of just took it under my wing that this was a plus 44 song and it was fire. It was really good song. The more I listened to it, but I did not like it at first, to be honest. No, I hear that, man. So that's what I got on this song. Hell yeah. Well, shall we move on? We shall. (laughs) <laughs> um, actually we're halfway through so i want to throw in some more uh questions and answers from mark Harpus, if you don't mind no go ahead Ooh, he doesn't mind so i'm gonna throw a few of mine um okay so in back to billboard here um mark was asked when you get back together when you got back together did it feel as natural as when you first started playing? I think that's a dumb fucking question, but yeah. Um, Mark said, as far as our personalities, yes. Within the first phone call that I have with Tom, he and I were cracking jokes about old times and making fun of one another and making fun of the breakup of our band. And then when we got into the studio, it was good. We just needed to go on tour because we reformed the band. And then we went straight into the studio thinking we were going to record another album and everybody had all these ideas, but we were all very polite about it. And we were all trying to protect this little spark that was forming once again. Uh, you need to be a band. You need to be able to say, hey, I don't think that part works on the song. Or what if we tried this? You have to be able to argue about the parts and debate things. And we were at a point where it was like, yeah, whatever you want to do is cool. End quote. That is what this album gives me the vibes. Mark Hoppus yeah. says, yeah, we kind of just went with, yeah, whatever you want to do is cool. Which to me is like, we're yeah. done. Just do whatever, dude. That's so, yeah, that's what, that's why, fuck it, I'll say it now. That's why I don't like this record. Because that's the vibe I get. It was just kind of like, yeah, man, just do whatever you want. Like, I don't care. Mm. It's like, well, you you have to care a little bit. No, no, I don't. I don't. So just it, it's like it seemed like the only one who like really like gave a shit was Travis. See, I don't believe that. I think they all cared. I think they just had their own standards on caring. I don't think they cared as a group. I think they cared individually and they Maybe. cared as Blink-182 yeah. the name. I think they were like, we really want to keep this name. We're not best friends. We're still friends. Just do whatever you want to do, man. I trust you at this point. Just do what sounds good. Let's be on the same page a little bit. 
Travis is always Travis. And yeah. I think Tom was just throwing a lot of AVA in there and Mark was throwing plus 44. And I think I, I am on the opposite. Um, I think it's one of their most underrated, incredible albums. I would in top four for sure for me um, because it's so unique and different from everything else. And I just love that we yeah. got to hear because like, okay, imagine this, right? Imagine if we never got this album and they, mm-hmm. they broke up on a good terms and they both went to plus 44 ABA for me as a huge blink fan, maybe not you. Cause I know you're like super big green day and blink when is a really good band for you too. But imagine if, break up on good terms plus 44 started angel nazar started we me as a blink fan would be saying i wish that they put those two albums together just to see what it would sound like and we would never have gotten that so this is kind of to me like i'm i'm a little kid little blink kid like ooh, we got to get it a little bit so it's yeah. just to me it's so much joy to get both of those but i can understand what you mean by like it's completely different it was recorded differently the energy was different i can respect that too yeah it's not that it's just like, what did you say again? Say it exactly what you said. Cause there was something, and then you said something else, and I was like, I agree, but then I didn't. What'd you say? I said so much, dude. I'm not sure. Oh man, what are you clicking over there, buddy? The website. <laughs> I'm trying to. Look oh, all I hear is click, 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 click. Um. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> fuck. Cause you said something, and I was like, it's not like that. It. It was recorded different, yeah, and um, that's not that's not what I I just don't like the. I guess it was when I saw it live that it kind of turned me off to it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, why are we still doing this? Like, you know, you two clearly are sick of each other. You don't want to do this anymore. Like, why did we even do this? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get where you're coming from too, and that's cool. Like, um, I would probably want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like I guess I don't know. I guess I kind of we kind of got that with Knuckle Puck and and Real Friends with Rationale, didn't we? Like, you know, it'd be you know. Like, I guess if Green Day ever did break up and, like, Billy went and did one thing and Mike went and did another thing and, like, those things came together, I guess it would be just like this. I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But it's like Green Day just kind of does – they're all just kind of, like, on the same page and just do their own thing, and it doesn't really – I think it was, like, the fact that you could hear, like – it was almost like a tug-of-war in it it was like mark's pulling it this way and tom's pulling it this way and it's like well is it like it's like an angels and airwaves song but then there's like plus 44 mixed in there and it's like it's cool but at the same time i'm just kind of like i didn't i don't need this like if i wanted an angels and airwaves record i would just go listen to angels and airwaves okay all right yeah i was not i was not really I like pretty much after this next two songs, I'm basically checked out. Okay. <laughs> I uh, stopped caring pretty much after these next two. I was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. 
Plus, I think since it had been eight years since they had done anything, I was kind of checked out of Blink anyway. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like a diehard like you to begin with. So mm-hmm. when I heard it was coming, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I was like, oh, this is what it is. Never mind. But, I yeah, well, man. We're all different, man. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to, well, probably the Green Day records you don't like, I don't like either, so. Yeah, <laughs> I can dig it. All right, so I'm going to get into one more um, Billboard uh, um, interview question that Mark had, and then get back into uh, the next half of uh, Neighborhoods. So we got Neighborhoods, uh, that's, why did I say that? We got Mark being asked, uh, Neighborhoods, quote unquote, is a pretty serious album in terms of subject matter. Did you have a mission statement heading into the record? And uh, Mark said, uh, very long, he said, we didn't really set up, set out with any goal in mind. We just wanted to make a record that we loved. It is lyrically pretty heavy in a lot of places. Maybe that's just where we were in our own heads. We've gone through a lot of stuff over the past few years. I think we're in a better place because of it all. But we've gone through some shit for sure. I couldn't write a happy song for this record at all. I wrote upbeat music for the record, but lyrically, I think all the stuff I contributed to was pretty dark. I like to write really depressing lyrics over really poppy music i've always kind of liked that about our band we've always tried to make the best music we could but when it comes to time to be on stage we try to have fun we try to play the songs the best we can but we also take everything with a grain of salt and a sense of humor the humor really the humor has really shown itself on the record and um but as people and performers we definitely still have the same some stuff we need to work out we need to grow up with um thought that was a pretty cool quote to hear um it was kind of obvious with what you saw in the in this album so it was just nice to hear him reiterate the fact that this is a heavy lyrically and that they all were on the same page of just wanting to make a really banging ass album they loved um and it's cool to hear that mark uh couldn't write a happy song and that he was okay with that so it is pretty cool so yeah back to uh well (laughs) not that he was uh yeah yeah not that well yeah it was different for sure yeah all right, so we're getting into the next half of this album. Um, the next song is my favorite song on the whole album, and this song is called Wishing Well. Absolutely love this song. Tom DeLonge fucking kills it. The chorus oh, is yeah. so catchy. It's a lot of does, literally. Uh, <laughs> so so good. this is the sixth song um, written nearly entirely by Tom. At his daughter's school, it is quoted as being about being a little bit lost in finding your way. Pretty, pretty accurate description. Mm. Um, his voice again, again, is incredible. I love it. Uh, been gone a long time. I kind of lost the way. Can't find it. And I caught a short ride to the grave and back this season. I can try to get by, but every time I start to panic, I'm a little bit shy, a bit strange, and a little bit manic. And then it goes into la da 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 da. And then so the chorus, my favorite part, it says, I went to a wishing well. It sank to the ocean floor, cut up by sharpened rocks, and washed up along the shore. I reached for a shooting star. It burned a hole through my hand. It made its way through my heart. Had fun in a promised land. 
Fucking killer. Fucking yeah, yeah, best yeah. song, dude. I just yeah, love it so one. much. It's so long. It's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tom said, Mark said, sorry. Uh, Wishing Well is all Tom. He wrote the song. He wrote the lyrics. He wrote everything about that song. And I think it's a really great track. It's kind of indic- indic- indicative as to the feel of the record. Uh, I think as well in that it's a very catchy, but the lyrics are really, really dark and a little depressing. But I like that about this record. And I think that this song kind of embodies the notion. Love that quote from Mark. Love the honesty. Um, this song mm. has helped me through a lot. Seriously. It's just, gives me the great vibes the good feelings um it also makes me realize like i am human and uh i gotta get through some shit gotta figure myself out you know hell yeah dude just wish for the best sometimes go to that wishing well and hope for the best that's it throw a little penny in there and fucking yeah that's all i get that's all i get is a penny that's it well i'm not giving him anything else no i wouldn't expect you to Moving right along, uh, the next track is Kaleidoscope. <gasps> such a good song. Yeah, I know. This is such a good song. It's the first time that I'm worried of a bad tree, of a journey on the highway, through the valley. It's a long road through the night. Mark said about this one, uh, I, woke up in the, I woke up one morning with the line, stop banging away at my kaleidoscope, stop draining all the water out of my sink. And I wanted to build that into a song. I ended up changing the line, but the mentality behind it is kind of being sl- being slacker in 2011. Kind of the 20s and 30s malice that is America right now. That's kind of what it's about. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense too. <laughs> Um, makes sense yeah definitely it's uh it's pretty cool man this is a great song um i love um like just the combination of mark and tom on this one is so fucking good um the chorus it's the first time that i'm worried of a bad dream of a journey on the highway through the valley it's a long road through the night like super relatable right there Mm-hmm. So fucking relatable right there. Um, yeah, man. That's uh, that's pretty much all I got on this one. I know you probably got a little more. Oh, for sure, for sure. This is my second favorite song. Um, Hell yes. This song, to me, is the... It's my second favorite, but it's the best song on this album um, as a whole. Like, as a band-wise, Mark's voice, Tom's voice, guitar, bass, drums. As a whole, it's so well-fit. Mark's opening verse is so, so self-titled. This is such a self-titled song to me with a Mm. little, like, obviously new kick of guitar and instrumental-type style of ABA. But I absolutely love how they (laughs) sing this. And I love, again... um, sucker for how tom sings um just that stupid eccentric uh like way he sings words um it's the first time that i'm worried of a bad dream of a journey on the highway through the valley it's a long throw through the night it's a long (laughs) road and like it's so sick and then mark goes into his second verse which calms you down and then i love the pre-chorus 
Tom does after Mark's verse. Um, he's like, no reason, no action, no silence, no help here. Nobody came running up by my side. And I'm like, <laughs> when he sings that no bullshit, though, that pre-chorus mm. gets me like, I start to go back and think about like who was there for me, who wasn't. And like, I love how he says, nobody came running up by my side. And then it goes right into the, the chorus. It's the first time that I'm worried, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that nobody came running up by my sides like that, kind of like that middle finger to everybody like, fuck you. Nobody helped me. Fuck you all. And hell yeah, dude. God, it's so, so good. And then the post chorus, it's uh, it's a long road to get it right. And how it fades to get it right. <laughs> get it right. So ABA. But overall, yeah. if this is what Blink wrote for this album, every song, this would be to me. Oh, yeah the best upgrade blink could have from yeah, the, hell yeah, uh, hiatus. Dude. So I agree. That's my, uh, that's my take on this song. No. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. All of that. A hundred percent. Hell yeah. All right, man. We're moving along here. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. So the next song we're getting into is going to be, this is home. Another catchy what? tune, another little like the I, 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 ho, do you want to let go? Da, 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 da. The normal, mm. da, 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 da. same old fucking all the small things, bullshit. Um, this song I really didn't like at first. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's okay. <laughs> I, I think it's a good song. Um, I just, nothing sticks out for me. Uh, I love yeah. I love the song. I think it's I think it's a great blink song for this album. Uh it does fit. It's just to me, um it just didn't stick out to me. Just one of those songs. Uh I know a lot of people really like the song. It's got a really 80s type vibe with it. Um it, it reminds me a lot of the cure, which is Tom's one of yeah. his favorite bands. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't got much on this song. Uh I do like the chorus, like I said. Um he says in the second verse, gunshots, the punks are riding, the mm-hmm. stage is slowly crumbling. But you can really tell from that second verse where I get those 80s, the cure vibes. Um oh, I can tell just from the just from the music. Yeah. Like right off rip. It's like, oh. Yeah. This sounds. Um, and then like even the way he sings mm-hmm. it too is super like like you said, 80s cure type of vibe. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, last thing before we move on, uh, with this, cause I'm just not a big fan of the song. Uh, yeah. Mark and said I, about, I love it. You don't even ask me. It's just like, no, no, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, so the Mark did say, uh, this is home started off as a song originally, originally titled scars to blame, but I had written that I had written, but it wasn't fully completed yet. So Tom and I took the chorus of that song and the bridge off that song and tom wrote the new verses and wrote all the lyrics to that song it's kind of an anthem for the youthful abandon i really wish huh. i heard um mark's version because uh again i'm actually not going to say it again but yeah next song <laughs> oh okay <laughs> um this is actually a really catchy one mm-hmm. uh i didn't hate this one <laughs> um says mark and plus 44 written all over it yeah. Um, well, this answers your question, by the way. 
Oh yeah, the another little, song, yeah. just Mark. Oh yep, yes. So there was two. Um, MH four eighteen two thousand eleven. The song title comes from the file name on Mark Hoppus's computer. The MH being his initials and the numbers indicating the date. The band decided to keep the name because it sounded like a virus name, I guess. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, it was I an guess. airplane. I, I didn't know what. I was like, what am I looking at here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like some sort of computer thing, to be honest. Which, hey, it was. Um, yeah, this is a cool one. It's like you get more of like the pop punk vibes from this, like the songs that Mark was like predominantly involved in. Yeah. And then you get kind of like the, well, obviously you get the AVA, like spacey vibes from Tom's shit. Yeah. Um, it's like Mark sticking to the formula and Tom's like, that's cool, man. We're going to go this way though. Yeah, like you know, it's like the sign. It's like they get to a fork in the road, and it's like Bigfoot this way, civilization this way, and Tom's like, "You go that way, man. I'm going this way." <laughs> you know, which yeah. is cool. Like it's a cool know. little. Um, on the track by track for neighborhoods, Mark said, "One day I was driving home from the studio. I was at a stoplight, and a helicopter flew over me." And the shadow just happened to cross right in front of my car. And for some reason, I started thinking about all the people in the world that live with helicopters flying over them all the time. People in war-torn countries or people in poor areas, people who, people where circling helicopters are a way of life. So I kind of wrote this song around that idea. Mm. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, um, it is. I think music, I think the music is what my favorite part about this is like heavy guitars, heavy drums. Yeah. Fast paced, like super like old school blank, like punk, pop punk vibes all mm. over the place. Definitely. Um, and again, like some of it like gives me some Green Day vibes too. And <laughs> like the first verse, just like coming in, coming in, kill the radio, silence, breakdown in LA giving up giving into a feeling of violence this hell to pay like bro i've heard billy joe say shit like that my whole life so i think like that's that's just super cool to me that's why i think i like it so much um the chorus hold on the worst is yet to come save your money for hired guns hold strong when everything you loved is gone slow down and stop living in the shadow of a helicopter yeah so dude super like i said pop punk and punk vibes from this and like big green day vibes in here too mm. for me at least yeah i can hear it in the lyrics and like more lyrically than uh musically in this one mm -hmm. so for me are you good yeah yeah i don't want to cut mm -hmm. you off uh for no, me um Whoa, hello, doggy. <laughs> Which one is that? 
Rocky? That's Rocky. I knew it. I could tell by the vicious boxing bark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, this <laughs> this fucking this song. Um, not a big fan again. Back to back no? for me. No, not a big fan. This gives me. I think it's. I think what you said is literally perfect about how the the music, the actual music itself, is fucking super pop punk. And I think that's my favorite part as well. Yeah. I think this is the song you can really hear California nine coming through Mark very slightly, maybe like mm. 15%, 20%, just yeah. that like more radio pop punk than it is. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. Still like it. And when I say I'm, it's like my, one of my least favorites, it doesn't mean I don't like it. Like I actually enjoy it. Um, it's very catchy, very good, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just gave me that vibe of, Mark, where are, you, where are you going? Where are you going with this, man? There's something in here that's not the normal Mark. Hmm. That's all. Just curious. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I listened to two songs on California, so I have oh, no why idea. Why would you do that to yourself? Well, you obviously have listened to more of it. I listened to the whole thing, but. Yeah, I could not make But, so, I don't really know what you're talking about with that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then nine, I didn't even bother with nine. Yeah. So nope. this is going to be interesting. Well, you're going to have to um, listen to it, man. Uh, you have I to. Know. We're doing reviews. We got to listen to the whole thing. I know. Ugh. No yeah. shutting it off. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I know. I mean, <clears throat> like I know, but I don't want to. <laughs> I didn't really struggle as much as I did. Like when this first came out to like mm-hmm. get through it all. I kind of yeah. was just like, I'd hit um, Kaleidoscope and yeah. then I'd like skip through, I'd like skip This Is Home. I'd listen to like half of like M8, this one. And then I'd just be like, skip, 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 skip. Back to the beginning. I can dig that. Like, I just didn't, I didn't care I after that. that. I was like, okay, this is all this has to offer. Like, I'm good with it. Yeah. I can understand that. I kind of feel the same way, not to that extreme, but I definitely feel like the first eight to 10 songs are bangers. And then after that, it- yeah, like the first, it's like super front heavy. Like the first half yeah. is like just absolute slaposaurus at the slaposaurus. And then yeah. you get to the back half and it's just kind of like, okay, I've heard this like 12 times already. Like, can we do a little different now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I not can that- totally get that. It's not like every song sounds the same, but like at the same, it, it kind of does. Yeah, I can dig that. But, word. All right. Yeah, man. All right, all right, all right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the final song on the original standard edition of Neighborhoods. There are two <laughs> bonus songs that we're going to get into. So, two bonus songs. Stay here. Oh, Don't go anywhere. God. We got a commercial coming up for you. Hold on one second and hit the commercial batch. Hello. <laughs> you struggle with erectile dysfunction? <laughs> I couldn't even, I can't. I can't. Hold on, I gotta spit that out. Oh my god. <laughs> and we're back from that commercial. That was great. <laughs> so the, the final Bro, song. <laughs> just remember if you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, please consult your doctor. I'm glad you mentioned that. And don't take Viagra unless you need to. Yeah. Idiots. You're gonna have some st- Serious complications with that. Yep. All right. Last song on the standard edition neighborhoods um, is called Love is Dangerous. It is. Sweet. 
Toms says about this song, he says it's about feel it's about the feeling of love and facing the consequences of when it fails. It shows Tom exhausted from holding on to someone and being unable to shake the feeling of love off. Been there, done that, not go back. Um, <laughs> this song is sick. It's got Tom and Mark singing in unison. Um, it's really cool. They're different ranges, complement each other. Very, very good. Um, it's got a very killers vibe to it, um, which is really cool. And um, they just go back. Sorry, I don't know. Why I said they go back. I'm reading a lyric here. Um, his second verse is, I'm back at it. I just don't seem to listen. I see your lips. I just can't hear the sound. It's all static, just like my television. There's still something. Her eyes cut through the clouds. Very, very good lyric. Very, very, um, I don't know. It's just, it's perfectly well said to me. And uh, I like how he uses the words. Very good. I just love, I love this whole song is i like how they i'm trying to figure out the words myself i just like the growth i like the growth i like like the seriousness in this album has there's no fucking penis fuck you piece of shit it's uh you can relate to this it can help you through a lot this is a very mental health helping relationship um you know anything you're dealing with you can find a song on this album that really fits that yeah I'm i'm a big fan of the back and forth like when these two they don't necessarily harmonize, but like they'll switch off like lines and lyrics. I'm a big fan of when they do that. Absolutely. Because I feel like their voices complement each other so well. Like in the chorus when it's like, I need love, love is dangerous. And the marks like hard times, don't be fooled when she says it. Yeah. And then Tom love, love is so dangerous. And then it goes back, like back and forth. Almost like in, um, Blanking on the name from self-titled, the name, the song name from self-titled. Which one? Feeling this. Feeling this. Yeah. Feeling this when they go back and forth on that. I think that's yeah. That's like one of my favorite things that they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you 100 percent on that. So, that's all I had on that. All right. Well, let's get into the next two bonus round. Ding, 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 ding. The price is right. Bring your children and your wife. We got the price for you on Plinko, Planko, Bingo, Bango. Oh. Start us off with the first motherfucking bonus track on Blink-182's Neighborhood, Batch. Hang on. Looking it up as we speak. Okie (laughs) dokie. Excuse me. That was in my ear hole. Oh my. Um two, three, boom, we're live. Uh this next one is Fighting the Gravity. It's a bonus track. Uh shows Mark Coppice's experience with drugs as someone placed Something in his drink, making him feel as if he was dying. The song is a big instrumental deviation from the pop punk Blink-182 is known for and seems to take inspiration from Angels and Airwaves. (gasps) What? No way. Uh, Mark said in a Reddit Ask Me Anything session, 
Uh, fighting the gravity is about a night a long time ago where someone put something in my drink. I had no idea what was happening and thought I was dying. The whole world felt malicious and angry. I could barely move from the immensity of the earth's pull. I got into my girlfriend's car and said, please just drive. No me gusta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So a little bit of a lighter one, but also being heavy at the same time. Like there's a funny backstory to it, mm-hmm. but it's pretty heavy. Um, like the second verse. I mean, yeah, the second verse. Uh, tonight is too much for me to get through. Tomorrow's just a darkened hall in an empty room. When I'm too far away from you. I like that lyric a lot. Nice. That is a good lyric, dude. Yeah, and then it just kind of starts. It's it's very short. I mean, there's a lot of instrumentals to it, and lyrically, it's not really a whole lot to break down here. I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, you want my opinion? Go for it. It's fucking trash. Throw it in the dumpster. They shouldn't have put it on the album. It's fucking terrible. It's techno. Well, it makes no sense. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. It's garbage. Mark Hoppus, get your head out of your ass. This was stupid. Stupid I did bonus like that track. One lyric. I tried to put a. Well, all right. No, no, no. The li- I'm not talking track. lyrically. I think it sounds fucking terrible. It sounds yeah. so. St- look at the fucking lyrics. It sounds stupid. It's so I stupid. I just read one lyric. I tried to polish the turret. I did the best <laughs> I could. I don't know. Got Blatch all <laughs> flustered. You know, you wanted me to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. What do you want from me, bud? Uh, that's all I got. I think it was absolutely terrible. I don't know why they put it on. Um, well, they didn't. Well, they did. They put on the bonus track. Well, that's not really on it. Te- I mean, technically, that's yeah, on it, dude. Any diehard fan, the bonus tracks are the album. Well, not in this one. Yeah, this is terrible. Um, I'm just going to go to the next one unless you got anything else to say. <laughs> no. All right. I said all I need to say. You said, It's like a movie line. I've said all I need to say. <laughs> All right, last song here. Um, this song is called Even If She Falls. Almost never real when the night will begin. The data will end even if she falls in love. Back, you want to turn back. I love this song. This is the Blink-182 I know and I love. This is reminds me of old Blink. Not like Buddha and shit, but like self-titled Enema, Enema mixed together. Um Tom is really good with this again. I know if you have a check mark in your like notepad, you probably heard us both say that like 18 times. Really hope you um, don't drink into that. Right. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, pre-chorus. When the night will begin, the pain it won't end. Even if she falls in love. Back, you want to turn back, your heart will attack, even if she falls in love. Back to the second for going to the second verse. And she was like a blade of ice, like a lonely road, clearest day alive, always sharp and cold, always beautiful. Am I such a fool? And then the chorus, when the night will begin, the pain, it won't end. Even if she falls in love back, you want to turn your heart will attack. Even if she falls in love, try to look in her eyes. The light is just right. Even if she falls in love and it isn't so bad, it's driving you mad. Even if she falls in love. Uh, yeah, other than that, I, I, I really, really like the song. I'm glad they put it on the bonus track because it doesn't sound much like the album itself. Uh, it's It's got its own feel to it. Like I said, it's got that blink feel. Um, yeah, man, overall, overall fucking badass song for me. Oh, yeah, dude. It's pretty good. 
I don't really have much else. You kind of <laughs> crushed it. So, like, yeah, I agree. <coughs> you said, don't die. Uh, word. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that was it for neighborhoods there. Hell yeah, that was oh. that was good. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, that was that was good. Little, little differing opinion on it, but yeah, hey, that's gonna happen. Yeah. So, Jesus, um, <coughs> fucking what heavens. So, um, yeah, other than that, uh, again, check out our website. Um, oh, go pre- yeah. pre-order our shit. Yeah, our shit. do that. Go donate to NAMI a dollar. Spend a dollar on mental health awareness, please. The link's oh, in yeah. our website. You don't even have to look up the website. Just go to our link. It brings you right to it. If you can. If you can't, no worries. Maybe just share something about, you know, mental health awareness or NAMI or anything. They have their own Instagram. We always post shit from them. We post shit from all sorts of, you know, resources and information that you can find that has to do with helping others using tools and just knowing that you're a human. Um, so I was yeah. thinking of a cool little idea. Maybe people can give us some feedback on this too. We'll post it in the, uh, at some point. All right. New news. Let me hear on the website. How would people feel about, like written album reviews what do you mean like they write it or we write it oh we write it oh well, i didn't know if you could like get people with like comments in it like i liked this album for this reason well we'd post it on the instagram and facebook and then they could argue mm. with each other i like it that's cool like me and you write an album review and give yeah. it like a like your rating like we, yeah like like <clears throat> excuse me we don't necessarily break it down like we do on here we just kind of like talk about things we like didn't like yeah and then give it a rating yeah so like and you we, could you could it'd be like batch and then it'll be like 2.8 stars out of five 10. and it'll yeah and then it'll be like liked half of it this is why other half didn't like this is why yeah right like that and that's yeah. about it and then like people could give us albums they want us to review and shit like that yeah that's cool and uh yeah i just figured that'd be a little more interactive on the website i like that i like that idea man oh yeah dude and then like you know it wouldn't be like us breaking it down like we do on here it would just be like maybe a paragraph (laughs) or two yeah so and we maybe we can post that um on instagram for people to like go to yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's sick. Yeah, cool, man. Hell yeah. Well, bring it to our boss. Yeah, we'll bring it to the boss. Boss lady. Yes, boss lady. Let's see what she says. He's going to so, say, yeah. fantastic. Uh, I really hope you guys have enjoyed the website. And um, please keep pre-ordering merch. Um, it's, it's wild how much is, like how much people have pre-ordered already mm-hmm. it's freaking crazy um uh, keep listening the numbers are flying to the roof we are approaching 5k yay pretty rapidly yay. actually um we should be there in the next couple of weeks if you know things all go according to plan let's go um so yeah man um Again, follow us on Instagram at Empty Space Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Empty Space Podcast. 
check out the website, donate to NAMI, uh, EmptySpacePodcast.com. You'll find everything there. Um, episodes, links to things, how to pre-order the merch. Um, yeah, so thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot. I like zoned out for a minute. Um, make sure to everyone... Thanks, Shana, because without Shana, none of this is possible. She basically did everything. She did everything. Like all she did stuff, everything. <laughs> like, yo, all the stuff you see us posting now, like the, the reels and the fucking the pictures, the the new <clears throat> episode uh, covers, I suppose we'd call them. Yeah, that's a good way that's, to put it. That's all her. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, like we like Friday morning we wake up and we're like oh that's oh, cool sick. <laughs> never would have thought of that and then yep that's it so definitely if you see Shana in the comments anywhere or something just drop yeah. her a, drop her a thank you and uh, do you have her yeah yeah I was just about to do that okay I also want to mention um, she does photography so she'll shoot like yes. weddings and stuff. Um, and I want to shout out her Instagram real quick because mm. I want you guys to check her out. I want to plug her as much as possible. So if you go on Instagram, look up Shayna McDonald photography. Um, so S H A Y N A McDonald is M A C D O N A L D. And then the word photography. Um, we uh, will put that somewhere in our story or something you guys go follow just give her a follow even if you love us and you don't care for, for photography please just give her a follow give her some credit because this this is this is not where we'd be without her right now so no um yeah and then her <laughs> actual instagram is shunboon um if you want to follow her there um s-h-o-o-n-b-o-o-n um again like batch said reiterating uh this is would not be possible without her help and managing all this shit for us. So. Yeah. She's uh she's basically the boss. She's the she runs the show here now. So we just she's the boss do, lady. Yeah. <laughs> she uh she had to deal with us for a while on trying to get stuff. She'd be like, Hey, uh she uh hey boys, when is this coming? Right. Be like, oh yep, or <laughs> we forgot everything you said. <laughs> yeah. I know we just sat on Zoom for an hour with you, but we forgot. It's literally what happened before the drop. Yeah. We would be like, so what's happening here? She'd be like, oh my God, are you kidding? <laughs> no. Like, I'm sure like at home she was sitting there like, Are you fucking kidding me? And right. in like text message, she was like, Oh no, that's fine. It's okay. Mm. She's like, God, these idiots. Well, on that note. What? Love you. So, yeah. Thank you to Shana. Thank you to everyone who has supported us thus far. A lot of positive feedback on the rebrand. Everything that's been going on with that. So, that's been sick. Um, Yeah. Uh, That's all she fucking... Oh, my God. (laughs) Goodbye, I guess. On that note... Adios. Whatever you say, I'm gonna turn into a song. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, um, uh, um, we go in the back room and we just hang out. 
just hang out. And it's fun. And it's fun. And it's fun. And it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>